Hello and welcome to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I am one of your hosts, Jamie Spicer, and I'm with my lovely co-host, Jennifer Spicer. And welcome back, everybody. And today we're going to cover the big discussion on peptides and where peptides are going and how we feel about it. Yeah. So for those that know what peptides are, whether you be one of our patients who are on peptides or are in the, I guess, the arena of having someone else do your peptides, there's a lot of confusion of what peptides are. So I guess let's start with what are peptides? So basically peptides are naturally occurring within the body. They're short chain of amino acids linked by other peptide bonds. So the big thing with it is, is this is something that your body will re- actually recognize. Unlike certain medications where it's like a scattergun in the body, like amoxidoxycycline and or amoxicillin. Or amoxicillin. I don't know which way you're going. <laughs> Actually, I was going both. But either way, it's like a scattergun in the body where it kind of attacks everything to where a peptide directly goes towards the source and what it's, the job it's supposed to do. So there are the building blocks of proteins and, and peptides are similar, smaller than proteins, typically consisting of only a few to several dozen amino acids. They play an essential role in various biological processes and can have a diverse function in the body, such as acting as a hormone, enzyme, or signaling molecules. They are crucial components of many biological systems and are involved in numerous psychological functions. So the way, the easy way to kind of describe this is, depending upon what your goals are, depends upon the peptide we recommend. So they have ones that are considered GHRPs, which are growth hormone-releasing peptides. They have ones that we are in the tear and repair package. And then there are ones in the cognitive arena. Yeah. So to dig in a little bit on that, like, so people don't get a little confused because it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. When you're looking at growth hormone releasing peptides, a lot of people are afraid of what they hear about growth hormone. So we naturally produce growth hormone and you've heard of athletes taking growth hormone. And then there's some issues that can come with taking growth hormone. For example, if you have any active cancers, it's going to precipitate that to grow because growth hormone makes things grow in the body. And a lot of times growth hormone can be abused from the bodybuilding world to the athletic world. But what's awesome about growth hormone releasing peptides is that it actually signals your body to make your own growth hormone. So they're called secretagogues and they're much safer and you're not shutting off your own growth hormone supply or messing with it that much. So it's a safer option to use that. And one of the most popular ones that we prescribe is CJC ipamorelin, and it's a nice blend of a growth hormone secretagogue. Correct. So whether you're going to, whether someone is going to be prescribed or use real growth hormone or a secretagogue, we do recommend that you do get screened in advance either way. But like Jen was saying is, it's like comparing doing testosterone therapy and doing DHEA, where DHEA is going to trigger more of your own natural production of test, where testosterone injections will shut down your natural production. So real growth hormone is going to shut down the pituitary gliden from producing its own natural, where CJC, ipamorelin, where ipamorelin or semorelin will, will trigger the brain to produce more, or I should say the pituitary gland to produce more of its own natural. Um, and the IPA kind of steps in. The way to describe that is almost it's like the start engine on the under car to where the CJC is the synthetic version. It's about a two and a half hour half-life. So it's kind of in and out of the system. But 
regardless, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you're screened and monitored safely on that, on either one of those. Yeah. And no matter whether it's real growth hormone or a secretagogue, the contraindication there is obviously cancer of any kind. Same with melanotan. Melanotan is a peptide that actually helps the body make melanin. So it's good, you know, for developing a tan and it helps keep people a little bit safer if they're people that tend to burn. Also, if you have melanoma, that's a contraindication because you don't want to antagonize that to grow. But so CJC, melanotan, ipamorelin, semorelin, these have all recently been banned along with, like Jamie said, some neuroprotective or cognitive peptides, as well as a peptide called BPC-157. And BPC-157 has been around for something like over 50 years, and it has a very, very high safety profile. So when you're looking at a drug, you know, in the human studies that they've done, they've actually had a pretty, I want to say, I don't want to misspeak, but I think a 0% chance of adverse reaction because to what Jamie said, BPC-157 is just a whole bunch of amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein, which is something that's naturally occurring in the body. So the body recognizes it. And then it allows for the peptide to go in and kind of work on every little area that it needs to work. BPC stands for the body protectant compound. And so it can work on anything, any type of repair or regeneration that you need to happen in the body. And like Jen was saying, you know, there's 50 years of clinical data showing the profound impact that BPC-157 will have on any type of inflammation um, or repair. Um, that's why they call it the Wolverine peptide because the rate, rate of healing goes up. But, you know, it's great for people with any type of autoimmune and other things in that nature. We've got to be careful on what we say here. But, you know, the, the clinical data is there, which is what we're going to get into here in a minute. Why we're so upset with what's going on in the peptide world. Yeah. So basically a few weeks ago, what happened was the FDA decided to put a ban on the peptides that we were talking about. In addition to a few other peptides that help with fertility, like I said, um, any cognitive disorder, including, you know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ADD, dementia, dementia, and then things that help with recovery and repair. And like we were just talking about BPC can help with things like Crohn's. So to us, it kind of seemed like it might be a little sketchy, you know, and the FDA, I don't want to go into how I truly feel, but they have a job to do and they regulate the drugs in the United States to ensure safety and efficacy. They haven't banned all peptides. And interestingly enough, they haven't banned the GLPs, a.k.a. terzepatide or semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Munjaro or Wagovi, but we'll get into that in that dig in a little bit there, which is just interesting. I just want to put that out there. It's interesting. But basically they have banned these certain peptides for one, unapproved uses, two, misleading claims. Both of those points I want to talk about, three, lack of safety data, and four, adverse events. Now, granted, there are some that have had some adverse events, but like, for example, BPC, it's very safe. So we kind of want to go into why this is happening, what you need to know, And also help you understand that there are going to be, or there are some places like peptide science, integrative, you know, peptides. there are ways to, that some places have been able to kind of get around how they sell. And we want to educate you with 
the difference is there because we've had to educate patients the difference in between a compounding pharmacy selling it versus being able to find it from a nutraceutical company. Right. So to back up a little bit too is to clarify on this, some of these peptides have been around for 50 plus years. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, the FDA has issue with 17 different molecules that just so happens to be in nine different peptides that, again, have been around for 50 plus years that have 50 plus years of clinical data, trial and everything else. And instead of going through and labeling each molecule, what issue they might have with each molecule, they have made a blanketed statement across the board, just saying they no longer approve of these. And I don't know if we cut, we could go as far as the word ban, because again, like we're saying, peptide science, integrated peptides are still able to compound this, but they are saying that compound pharmacies that are regulated, that are quality checked, safety inspected, can no longer make them. Yeah. And so let me go, let me just, I want to go into that, but so there are compounding pharmacies that compound drugs. Some of them go as far as paying for the FDA to come in and inspect them. Those are the pharmacies that we use because they are the ones that are on quote, like a 503A, meaning that they come in, they do the safety checks, they do their due diligence, which costs them time, money, and resources to make sure that these are compounded in in such a way that it would be the same as a drug. They're sterilely compounded. You don't have to worry about whatever is in the mixture, cross-contamination, any bacterial stuff, because there are pharmacies that don't do their due diligence. And then you do run the risk of injecting yourself with something that could precipitate another thing or make you sick and have a whole bunch of complications. So we're solely talking about the pharmacies that do the right thing and have been doing this the right way. So why are they banning these things and what's going on there? And basically from what we've been told is that they just made a blanket ban in saying that they cannot control how safe all of these compounding pharmacies are making these batches. So instead of going case by case, Maybe they don't have the resources, whatever. They're just doing a blanket ban. And that, unfortunately, is actually going to cause some smaller compounding pharmacies to go out of business and also some practices that use peptides instead of treating with the medical model that we use in the United States and solely using medications to also go out of business. And it's, it's actually pretty sad. So, And then to kind of go on top of that is they're punishing the ones who are quality checked. They're punishing the ones that open their doors to have these inspections and ensure quality. But yet what they're doing is they're driving people to go back to the black market where things are not quality checked. You don't know the ecosystem of it. You know, I'll, I'll go into the two companies, Peptide Science Integrative. When you order those, there's no dosaging instructions. And we've cop- we've covered that before in the past that if you don't reconstitute properly, then you don't know what your dosaging is and you could either overdose or underdose yourself, which leads into where you could get into feeling sick and and things like that. Yeah. And to your point, I don't want to bash these nutraceutical companies. However, as we've talked in the previous episodes, the episode where we went to Italy, remember the FDA doesn't, what is the word I'm looking for? They don't regulate supplements. So they're able to make a supplement of BPC, but to what Jamie said, it's not nearly what you would get from a compounding pharmacy as far as efficacy or, you know, the same amount of the peptide that you would have. And they put on for research Research only. Right. For research purposes only. So, you know, you know, think about that for a second. Like let's go to the big pharma world and go to a, to a 
popular medication, you know, what if they all of a sudden now put a ban on that medication that is now being made in a pharmaceutical grade company that is being, you know, quality checked and regulated. And now they're saying you cannot get this, but you could go to this black, no, go to the internet and buy it. And it says research for research purposes only, you know, do you think that the quality is going to be the same? Like, would you trust that? I mean, it's almost like going to your local street dealer and buying drugs off of them. You don't know the quality of what you're getting or anything like that. You're just trusting that one, it is actually what you're, the medication you're supposed to be getting Two, you know, how was it made? Because you don't know because there's no quality check behind it. Well, and even, I mean, let's just play devil's advocate because I don't want to go into how we personally feel or have, you know, hate mail from this. But the reality is, is for example, BPC-157, the nutraceutical companies can make it in an oral compound. However, that is actually a very unstable molecule when it's exposed to heat and it has a shorter ha- a shelf life than you realize. So, They may be putting BPC in those capsules, but by the time it gets to you and by the time you're ingesting it, I guarantee if you test it, it, there's probably nothing left. Right. Well, go back to what's the the big one that Tony Robbins is promoting, NNM? NMN, I can never say. NMN, right? So, you know, that's a good one too, where they, you know, he reinvested a lot of money into that product because what they found was... I think 90% of the product that they ordered off Amazon or um, from supplements companies that there was nothing there. So he was basically like, well, so then they're basically selling false stuff. And the chemist came back and said, no, that, that when they made it, it was probably there, but they just can't stabilize the product to last in the bottle. So yeah, when they make that supplement, BPC-157, in that form, is it is it stabilized at that moment in time? I would have to say yes. Can they ensure that, that the, the product is stabilized and is it still there when you ingest it 30, 60, 90, whatever, how many days it's been sitting on the shelf, the likelihood is no. So you're spending 50, 60, $70 on a supplement that has nothing in it. Correct. And I guarantee that the reason why, like even some of our patients at us have been wondering like, oh, why does it take so long to get something from a compounding pharmacy? It's because they're doing their best to make sure that each batch is exactly where it needs to be. And like, you'll see a BU date or best use date. Those are not technically expiration dates, but those are the dates that they know, okay, you're going to get a potent product. You're going to have a a great result and, you know, see the results with supplement companies. Jamie and I have looked at creating supplements. We have friends that own supplement companies. You have to create a ton of SKUs or a ton of one supplement at a time to even have a good return on investment or to be able to sell to the mass market. So you have no idea how long these supplements have been sitting for because they had to make huge batches at a time. So that's one thing. If you are ever going to buy anything that might have a short um, shelf life, make sure you know when it was made, how it was made, make sure you keep them properly, like keep them out of the sun and all this stuff. So we'll get into that. But for the things that I listed off, you know, the unapproved uses, the misleading claims and the lack of safety data. Well, the lack of safety data, I don't even want to go into it but right now, but the unapproved uses and the misleading claims. This is where I actually beg all providers and anyone that wants to get on social media or use any platform to help other people, whether 
whatever your motivation is, I don't really care, but I need you to all stop and think about what you're doing and what you're saying. Because when you're making a claim in regards to someone's health, it can actually have serious consequences, not only for you, but for the other people that do the job. And it is hard to change your language. Like for example, you can't say BPC can cure you. Or, you know, when COVID hit, there was a really wonderful, powerful peptide that was taken off the market because of claims that people were making TA1, on the internet. Yeah. Thiamus and alpha one, which not to cut you off, but that peptide did wonders for my psoriasis. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing that really performed the best without having to be on a big pharma medication. It pretty much knocked everything out. No matter what I was eating or doing, I had very little flare up afterwards. No, you did. And then like even Tammy, she has RA like mm-hmm. like symptoms that helped there. And again, so it was taken off the market two weeks after Pfizer released their vaccine. Do whatever you want to do with that nugget. But I will say, if we're not careful as a group of providers and professionals, we don't need to be provoking the FDA to ban anything else because I'm sorry, pharma has more money than all of us. So it's like, please be conscientious of what you're saying, because also you don't want to be disingenuous to a patient. It might, medicine is medicine. Even like, you mean practicing medicine is practicing medicine. The human is always the variable. It doesn't matter if you have a drug made by big pharma or if you have a peptide made by a compounding pharmacy, you still don't know how it's going to affect that patient. So just be responsible with the education that you decide to put out. And hopefully that will help some of this because again, we don't need to provoke anything because when you're playing in a sandbox with people that are bigger than you and have more resources than you, it's only a matter of time. And that's all I'm alluding to. And to jump on that too, it's like when you are using a pharmaceutical grade drug or a peptide, and I'll just go out and say, Ozempic, semaglutide, Wegovi, trizipatide, and you are not doing the full clinical, and I've gone in depth with this before with stuff, if you're not getting a full clinical picture, if you're not getting a health history, if you're not educating people on proper dietary needs to be on these, uh, these, then you are putting that person at risk, which then the more, more outcomes that they have of people having bad experiences or having health issues, the, the quicker this stuff is going to get yanked off the shelf or put a ban to it. So. Again, like what Jen was saying is like, you know, don't poke the bear on this one. You know, do your due diligence, educate the people, get the necessary blood work and whatever you need to do to make sure that people are utilizing this stuff safely. And, you know, kind of go back on the history is like Ozempic was not made as a weight loss drug. You know, again, we've talked about this before, you know, the Kardashians and Hollywood and, and everything labeled it the skinny shot. It was never came. It never was made to go to market for that. Now, Wigovi has come out. It's the first FDA approved weight loss drug. But again, you know, people are using this off label and they're misusing it, which is causing complications, which is now raising red flags. And now it's disrupting the market for other products that are very beneficial to people in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be number four. So number three was lack of safety data, which. Again, I agree with, I just wish the FDA would do that for everything that people consume from cosmetics to supplements and yada, yada, yada. But then four is adverse events. So if you continue to misuse or mistreat patients because you're not looking at everything clinically or you're looking at the bottom line, whatever the motivation is, just do the right thing 
by your own license and oath that you took to do no harm and do the right thing by the patient. Because to be honest with you, if you treat patients well and you're in a private practice and you're looking at your bottom line, the rest will come if you plan the patient's plan correctly. And, you know, like we said, these GLPs are not being taken off the market yet. But this is the same thing that Jamie and I are very passionate about in fitness and also aesthetics. You know, don't be one of those providers that creates an issue for the rest that are doing it right. And if you don't know enough about something, please educate yourself. And then also from a patient perspective, make sure you're doing your research. Make sure you're not just getting sucked into, you know, something that a trigger word that you hear like, hey, I've been trying to lose weight, so I'm going to do this and I'm not going to the right provider or I'm going to the cheapest route. It will always come back to you. Like if you don't do it the right way, it always comes back no matter who you are. 100%. And on the go go on with that is, the one thing I'll bring up too, a lot of peptides were created and then converted into pharmaceutical grade medication. In some cases, Big Pharma purchased the peptide and shelved it because they didn't want to come into market. So again, kind of give you a back history on it. Peptides have been around for a very long time and they have been used very safely and they have helped a lot of people. But now because of the fact that there is a a bitterness in the big pharma world and the peptide world that big pharma wants a, a bigger piece of the pie of the GLPs and stuff that there's some issues again with the 17 molecules that now has impacted over nine different peptides. But again, take that nugget, chew on it, come to your own conclusion on it, but we have ours. Yeah. To piggyback, I don't want to make a false claim, but like, again, from what Jamie's saying, it's awful sketchy that all of a sudden they're trying to eliminate some of the heavier hitters, whether that be to make it so they can't, the compounding pharmacies can't either stay in business or compound like they used to. It is kind of a weird time, um, like weird timing for all of this. But just remember, no matter what, when you're putting something in your body, whether it's just a vitamin or putting something on your body, because anything you put on your body is also going in your body, no matter what it is, do your part. It is your responsibility to advocate for yourself. And then if you are a provider, it's your responsibility to remember that you took an oath to do no harm and just pay attention. As far as peptides go, they are allowing pharmacies to sell whatever they have made. So we have access to pharmacies that have lyophilized vials, which means that they have a shelf life. So they're in powdered form. They have a shelf life of so long, I think about a year. And then once you mix it, it's about 180 days. We also have access to another pharmacy where they come pre-mixed. And so if anybody needs help, I'd be happy to, you know, we'd be happy to help guide you. Um, And then who knows? I mean, they can come out with new compounds and maybe perhaps big pharma is trying to commercialize these. There's two theories. It's they're trying to commercialize them or maybe the GLP uh, situation has caused some other uprising. Correct. And to kind of repeat what Jen was saying, you know, you as the patient, it's your responsibility to advocate for yourself. I would strongly recommend that you call around a few places to see how things are done differently. Again, for like us, for us to, for a client to get on semi-glutide uh, or, or um, semi-glutide, there is a process that begins with a consultation with the nurse, a full clinical picture, and then you need to be enrolled in a nutrition program. There's a reason why we do it that way. So if you're going to a facility that you can walk in the door and get a shot that day with no testing, 
with really no health history, no background, no education or nutrition, I would really question why. There's another one, you know, if they're if you're getting charged per week, you know, there's a reason why, because they're making a lot more money on it than if they were just selling you the bottle and having you do it on, on yourself. So when, when you start seeing differences in the way things are done, then that's where I would start questioning, why are you doing it this way when other people are doing it this way? Yeah. Remember, it's a drug, guys. It's it's not just a, you know, and like Jamie said, it, you could easily repeat the HCG situation. Again, that got, banned. Seen it. that got banned as well. As soon as you come off of it, if you haven't changed your lifestyle, if you haven't really dived in to see, is it a thyroid problem that I, you know, is the reason why I gain weight? If you haven't fixed the root cause while being on the medication, you're going to rebound and you're going to have some serious side effects. I just also want to put it out there. I have a really hard time with people that hand out pre-filled syringes of any medication, whether that be a GLP or a testosterone shot. One, that's illegal. Two, it's, I mean, yes, you can have a, a multi-dose vial and do all that. But if they're literally sending you home in a Ziploc baggie with syringes, that needs to be a, a red flag. You have no idea where that medication's coming from. You don't even know if it's really what they say it is. And my fear is, is if we play with fire too much in the hormone world, we're going to have the same issue there. So if everybody wants to live a long, healthy life and get the best out of it and have access to these things that really have a potential to reverse disease, prevent disease, and give you longevity, then we need to be smarter about it. Right. All right. Well, I think that sums up our episode for today. We had a nice little rant that felt good to get that off our, my chest. I don't know about you, but yeah. we hope that you learned something just like with our, every episode. Our, our goal is to educate so that you are well armed with knowledge, whether you are with us or wherever you may go, no matter where you're at in the country or in the world. Our goal is to educate and arm you with the best knowledge that we can give you. Yes. And to that, if there's anything in specific that you want to hear that you think we might have any knowledge about, not saying that we really know anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let us know because we'd be happy to dig in and stay tuned. Our next episode is going to be about relationships. Like, you know, we get asked a lot how we can, how we deal with being business partners and then life partners. And that's taken a lot of work. So we have mm -hmm. a lot of nuggets for that. Right. So um, you can always reach us at the Jamie Spicer or the Jennifer Spicer. You can also go to precisionlife.io, check out our website. And if you're interested, book a consultation with us. We'd love to work with you. Until then, I'm tapping out. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. We'll do it.